Welcome to Spiritual Psychotherapy. My name is Mia, or officially Dr. Mary Patricia Quinlivan. And this podcast is all about very gently and patiently finding our way to the truth of what we are, which is divine love, divine beingness. And I'm a doctor that now focuses on uh, psychotherapy and mindfulness and spirituality. And you can find me on my website, which is livingawarenesswa.com. I also have a Facebook page, Instagram page and YouTube channel that are all Living Awareness WA. I'd love you to check those out. So today's episode, and I can't really name it yet because I don't know what I'm going to call it, but it's all about a recent episode of back pain I had and I guess the transformation and the letting go of conditions that that facilitated. So, and I might not use real names in this story because it involves my son and his girlfriend. So just to backtrack a bit, I grew up in a family where there was significant mental illness. There was psychosis, schizophrenia, anxiety, very significant depression at times. And it was very painful as a young child and teenager to observe this and eventually developed anxiety myself, which I've talked about in other podcasts. And that was because I was trying to, well, the main condition I had was that I thought that I had to fix and save this. And there's a lot of fear in me about what bad thing could happen next to people that I loved. And I wanted to control that and try and somehow stop it from happening. And so it could all be happy families. And of course, after developing anxiety myself, trying to do that, um, I realised I had to let go, that I was, I call it people carrying, but it's really, you know, that form of rescuing. And it doesn't didn't serve me and it didn't serve them either because, of course, what they're doing, what they're learning, their learning lessons were perfect for them and they were going about addressing those in the exact way that they needed to. So... Anyway, I've been trying to, you know, it's a pretty entrenched condition (laughs) and I have, I think, I thought I had mostly let go of it until I realised recently that I hadn't quite let go of it. And, you know, certainly as a a therapist, you know, you have to learn how to accept clients exactly as they are, in fact, love them as they are, to provide guidance which is really a form of pointing them back into their own heart so they can find their own way forward but it's certainly not about rescuing or saving or it's just about loving really and I think I've got pretty good at that with clients but anyway recently I got caught up in this condition again and it was because my son and his girlfriend um, decided to get themselves a little dog beautiful little Labrador I'm just going to call him Lab and around the time that this Lab was born I had a dream and in the dream I was walking out of a room and walking towards my husband Dan and I turned around and behind me was following a little black dog And this dog looked exactly like an old dog that Dan and I used to have together called Jess. And 
she was following me. And I turned and I said to Dan, oh, I haven't been feeding her. What's going to happen? And he said, everything's going to be okay. And I woke up from that dream and I knew it was around the time that Lab was being born. I knew that he was going to be the reincarnation of Jess, my old dog. And this kind of shifted things for me because Jess um, was, you know, we loved her. Uh, In fact, she was Dan's parents' dog initially, but we took her on and we gave her a loving life. But the last couple of years of her life was when my first son was born and that was very stressful for me. It was a really rough time in my family. There were people going in and out of psych wards and, you know, being a new mum and trying to work a bit as well. It was rough and I was a bit depressed. And so poor Jess, you know, she got fed and walked but she didn't get a lot of attention and I'd always felt really bad about that. And she developed stomach cancer and we ended up having to put her down. So when I knew that this lab was going to be a reincarnation of Jess, I got very hooked in. (laughs) And, um, of course, my son and his girlfriend, they're young and they're busy working and I was worried that this lab would be lonely. So I hooked into having him a few days a week, even though before he was born I had said to my son, you know, I don't want to be looking after dogs. It's a different stage for me in my life now. I know that when I'm going for walks and, you know, that I want to be just in stillness and I don't want to be looking after dogs and having to discipline them or, you know, make them sit, whatever. So I'd made this very clear. But anyway, when Lab was born, I got hooked in and I started looking after him two days a week. And it was beautiful. He's a gorgeous little thing. Um, Though, of course male puppies are tricky and, you know, there's tricky moments and, you know, he had his feral moments, I think I've said in previous podcasts. And, but it was also taking up a lot of my time and I was feeling like I had to help socialise him. So I was taking out with other dogs and talking to all the other people at the park and, you know, they were beautiful people, but it's, you know, I'm not one for a lot of small talk. And so I wasn't finding that easy. (laughs) Anyway, my son and his girlfriend went away for a weekend and so I had lab for the whole weekend and around that time I started to develop back pain and it was pretty pretty mild. But after the weekend had finished and I gave lab back, um, my back pain started to get worse and it ended up in fact becoming really bad, the worst back pain that I've ever experienced. And back pain for me in the past has always been because it's often been that sort of uh, mid-back upper lumbar area and it's always been that in some way I'm not supporting myself enough. So I was trying to tune into what ways in which I wasn't supporting myself but of course by this time I was completely in love with lab and didn't want to even think about not looking after him because I was worried about him being you know a bit lonely or whatever when they were busy So I didn't want to go there to thinking about that, but my back pain was just getting worse and worse and worse. And it got to the point where I could barely get out of bed. I could only, I had to roll out of bed at night and then sit there breathing for 10 minutes for the pain to die down. I was getting really bad spasms in my lumbar spine and I had to crawl to the toilet. I couldn't. And then to be honest, and you know, 
I'll tell you this because I want you to know that sometimes spirituality and growth is really raw and, you know, it's not all sweetness and light and it's really important that everyone understands that, (laughs) you know, that spirituality is also facing the really, you know, the shadow and experiencing the pain and really going through the rawness. So anyway, I had to crawl and I couldn't get up on the toilet I was my back was going into so much spasm it was just flooring me so my husband had to bring a bucket I had to pee on my old fours and I was pretty bad and there were nights I didn't even make the bucket to be honest so this was you know very overwhelming I had to cancel well in fact I tried to put people online but then couldn't even cancel that so I just cancelled all my clients and it was going on and on and on and I didn't know how to deal with it and eventually I sort of clicked oh maybe I should only have lab one day a week and when I clicked to that it did get significantly better for the afternoon and then I said to the universe that afternoon I said you know I just want to be done with this condition of feeling I've got to rescue and look after other people or animals I just want to be done with it you know let's can we deal with this right now please universe And sure enough, next day I woke up and I was in quite significant pain again. (laughs) So obviously I hadn't fully dealt with it. And then it was another few days of really bad pain. And in fact, I had to, my husband couldn't even go because on Thursday night I almost thought that I had to go to hospital with it. And I said to Dan, you can't go to work tomorrow. I'm not going to be able to cope. And so the poor guy had to stay home from work and ring everyone. And then I was really, because of all this pain, I was really working on presence. And I was really also facing that the little girl that had felt so scared that she had, she felt scared for everyone else, for her siblings and I guess for the family and for herself as well, I'm sure, so that she wanted to control, she wanted to try and fix and make everything okay. And I was really feeling her and trying to be just very gentle with that, the development of that condition and, but knowing I had to completely let it go now. And I was really working on resting in oneness. And when I did that, my back did feel a little bit better but then still I was having these spasms that were just flooring me and Friday my hubby went to work and I walked into the kitchen using my hiking poles and just had this really bad spasm and I got stuck on the kitchen bench I couldn't move and couldn't make it to the floor and the phone was right in front of me so I rang Dan and I said can you come home and he was a bit annoyed with me (laughs) and the other thing is and this is probably a good learning lesson for all of us, is that I've always been out of the habit, you could say, of taking medication. I'd Previously with back pain, I'd never even taken Panadol, really. I'd just tried to tune in and do all the good exercises that I knew were good for it. And so I hadn't really been taking any painkillers for this pain, which I realised later on was a bit silly because, um, you know, sometimes we need a little bit of help. Anyway... So my husband was really angry with me because I hadn't taken even Nurofen or Panadol and I was in really bad spasm and stark. When he wasn't really angry, he was a bit annoyed. Dan's a delightful human. 
So, and I've got to say, he had been so supportive. He'd been doing everything. He'd been, I couldn't pick anything up from the floor. I couldn't hardly do anything for myself. So he had been beautiful. and But he couldn't come because he was with someone at school that was, you know, needed uh, support. And so he rang my son, who was also with a client, physio client, but he asked the client if he could leave. And so my son, who's delightful, came and rescued me and got me hot packs and I got to the floor, you know, in fact I had made it to the floor by the time he got there and made me take Nurofen and Panadol and I sort of crawled to a, a mattress and, you know, it started to ease a little bit. So that was a definitely a learning opportunity. And, you know, it's okay sometimes to take medication. You know, we don't have to be these beings that have to face everything and, you know, so just letting you all know that as well. Anyway, and later that evening I run a group with some friends who are interested in The Course of Miracles and I love The Course of Miracles as well. And so my mum was in this group and she pulled out a card for me and the card said uh, something around, and I'm going to get this a bit wrong, but it was to do with, you know, it's really important always to tune into what are you not willing to hear? You know, what that God is trying to tell you, are you not willing to hear? And so I thought about that and I knew that the thing that I wasn't willing to hear was I had to let go of lab completely. I'm still feeling teary when I talk about it. Um, it's because, you know, I sort of love the little guy now and, you know, my son and his girlfriend are very loving beings, but they are busy. So... I felt that it was nice for him to be with me a bit. Um, but anyway, I knew that I had to let this go. And, you know, more importantly, I was doing what I always done, have done, which is notice someone that was lonely or sad and thought that it was my responsibility to fix it, you know. And, of course, I can love Lab and be with him as a granny, you know, but... It's not my responsibility and the responsibility lies with my son and his girlfriend who are loving beings and who will find their way forward and I have to trust that, you know. And interestingly, as soon as I had realised that, that I couldn't have lab at all, my back just started to ease, you know, like it was almost like magic. Within a couple of hours I was moving freely. I mean... You know, I've still, and there still is a little tiny bit of stiffness. And I'm just doing all the exercises. My son's a physio and he's giving me lots of exercises. And of course I can do that. But the major spasm I was having and the, you know, just the incredible pain at times that was really flooring me just completely went as soon as I really let go of that condition. And I was really also still working on presence and, and trying to let go of the whole thing, you know, the little girl, the young teenager, the young adult that had been scared for people and had wanted to fix. And also I know that there's ego in it, you know, there's this, that my ego thinks I know what the right way forward is for little lab or, you know, for my family or whoever it is that I'm trying to fix and carry and I don't, I've got no idea, no clue. And of course, the essence that has a clue is God, spirit, divine love. And I knew that the right thing, not only for me, but for my son and his girlfriend and lab is that I got to let this go. 
because it is really important for them if they make a decision to get a little dog that that they carry out all the tasks required for that. And yes, I can be a loving granny, but I don't have to be responsible for making sure he's okay, you know, and that's what I needed to let go of. And it was really like magic. My back just started to get better. But then, of course, I had to tell my son and he was a bit sad about that and I'm sure his girlfriend's a bit sad about it too. And and so there is that feeling of, oh, I've disappointed them and, you know, do they like me anymore? <laughs> Which I know they will eventually. But what I really know is that if I am trying to step in and fix and carry something, I'm getting in the way of the work of spirit because every human that is in any way suffering, including me with my back pain, you know, we're in that suffering or that pain or that difficult circumstance because there's beautiful learning to be had from it. So me having this really severe pain and even me not taking painkillers for a few days because it really, you know, I was really walking in presence and it was in many ways beautiful. I was quite surrendered and often saying to the universe, but it still wasn't completely taking the pain away. So, And that's because I was holding on to that condition. But did it help me to have to really work on presence? Yes, it really did. So I know that for my son and his girlfriend that leaving it to them, trusting it to them, knowing they're loving beings, it's good for them, you know. And that may have benefits down the track for them that I can't even see, but you can be sure that spirit sees it. So when I'm handing over to spirit and I'm trusting, and not only trusting the higher self and the loving essence of my son and his girlfriend, but also trusting the higher self and the loving essence of lab. And I've got to tell you this beautiful thing. It's going to make me cry, but it was so beautiful. So after I decided that I had to really let this go and my back started to get much better, I was, well, sorry for specifics, but, you know, I'm just, (laughs) this is back to raw spirituality again. So um, I was sitting on the toilet and I was so loving the fact that I could sit on the toilet. You know, I I was so grateful that I could move and sit and do things without this severe back spasms. And um, anyway, so I was just sitting there, just loving being pain-free and I experienced and I just felt the presence of the spirit of Lab and, well, also the dog Jess that Lab had once been. And it was just within oneness, you know, the same oneness that we all are, all of you, me, the earth, the trees. So it was within oneness I was aware of this presence and it was, you know, the the message or the what came to me was, because you know how I said I'd felt bad about the last two years of Jess's life, that I hadn't really been available because I'd been a bit depressed. And, you know, it was because this little lab is now seven or eight months old and it was, you know, thank you, you've done your time, you've paid your dues now, you know, you've, and now we can just be friends and you can enjoy me, you know. And it was so beautiful. 
sorry. Yeah, so I said, you know, I communicated that it had been a privilege and will be a privilege in an ongoing way to be connected with that little spirit. And that was the message that I got back to, that it's been a privilege. So there you go. <laughs> but of course, when we're talking the divine essence of any being, be it a dog, human, it's, I mean, we're all that already. We are all already this divine in my last podcast I called it ordinary love and it really is that it's love that's loving no matter what mistakes we make it's sublime it's it is just ordinary you know it's in the everyday things in me messing up in me still being caught in conditions you know and but I know the lab little lab all of us for that matter aren't necessarily and even the divine spirit of my son and his girlfriend which is always there of course but of course all of us humans are not totally in touch with that all the time in fact we're often quite distant from it so I know that you know the journey is to play out over time and it will be as it is and I have to do my best to let it go and Already I haven't been perfect at that, <laughs> I must admit. And that's probably because of some guilt that I'm feeling. And my son came around last night with Lab for dinner and my other son was here. And it was so beautiful to see him because even though I haven't been having him, of course he came up and licked my face. And, you know, dogs are so unconditionally loving, <laughs> you know. And so that was beautiful that he still loves me. But, you know, I did make a suggestion to Sam about, you know, doggy daycare. And even though I know deep inside I'm meant to trust, trust their spirit, his, my son's loving spirit to find the way forward and let them do it their way. So I've kind of messed that up a bit already, but, well, I'm ordinary and I'm still loved. <laughs> so, yeah. And... I don't really know what the balance is sometimes about whether we can offer suggestions or not. And I think on the whole, no, because we do have to trust people to find their way and it does make people not feel good enough as they are. So, but whether occasionally it's okay, yeah, probably it is. And I can't tell you what the answer, to what's right or wrong there. So I guess I just wanted to share that story just to let you know, well, really how raw and painful spirituality can be sometimes. Sometimes we have conditioning that we just don't want to see. You know, I just, come hell or high water, I did not want to let go of looking after this little lad because he's gorgeous, you know, and I wanted to make sure he was okay, but that's not my responsibility. And you know, with we all, well, I see it so often, particularly in spiritual beings who have this loving heart, that there's this Isaira Arantichinta, she calls it misplaced responsibility. I call it people carrying. But you could also call it a term of, it's a bit like a codependency. It's where we're sort of fostering a bit of dependence, really. You know, we're taking responsibility, trying to look after things, 
which means that others can be a bit more dependent and not have to worry about it, <laughs> you know, and it doesn't serve us or them. And, you know, it, it's a, it is a misplaced responsibility, as Auntie Jinta calls it. You know, we are not, none of us are responsible for the pain or the difficult circumstances of another being or someone else's animal, <laughs> you know. We're not. And we are responsible, yes, to be a loving, accepting, engaged. So when I'm with this little lab, I'm going to love him <laughs> to the best of my ability and hopefully love my son and his girlfriend to the best of my ability too and just see them as the divine beings that they are and trust the process, trust, you know, all of us. Obviously, I've had a lot of learning to do in this and, you know, they are totally loving beings but, of course, all of us have a little bit of learning to do and that's great. So, and like I said, me trying to be the rescuer or trying to control any situation is just getting in the way. So as much as they may not fully understand that, meaning my son and his girlfriend, you know, it is what it is and I just have to let it be. So I hope that encourages you in circumstances where you may feel you want to step in or you feel the need to Perhaps be there a little too much and I often do in my clients, particularly, you know, as parents, we feel this need to step in perhaps a little bit too much with our children and, you know, do stuff for them. As they get older, we might still be, I don't know, helping them doing their washing when we don't need to be or who knows what, helping them with their studies when we just can step back from that or doing too much for them. You know, we've got to foster independence not foster dependence it's not helping them it's certainly not helping their future partners <laughs> you know because they're going to have this slightly dependent human it's not helping their decision making it's not helping them face the consequences of whatever decisions they make which is going to teach them so really and also it's not helping us because it's bogging us down in stuff that isn't what we're meant to be doing and I really knew that with, you know, looking after Little Lab is that I, what I'm meant to be doing now is what I had said to my son in the first place. I, I want to have time for stillness. I want to have time for meditation. I want, when I'm walking, occasionally to have a Little Lab with me, but mostly to be by myself and to be very present with nature and with the earth and the trees. And that's me now. And to have time to do things like podcasts and because I wasn't having time to put stuff on Facebook, you know, and do what I should be doing with my marketing. So, you know, I, I need to allow my life to be what it's meant to be as well. And when we're having misplaced responsibility, we're not as free in our lives and we don't have the time to do what our spirit knows we're meant to be focusing on. And another thing I want to mention, you know, is just how stuck to a degree, that condition was in me. I mean, I have been working on it for a long time, like I said, and I felt I'd mostly dealt with it. But it was almost like, and I hope, you know, right now that I am dealt with it, that I'm not going to slip into this again. I mean, the potential's probably always there, but I really hope this time I've, I've, I'm going to let it go. But I do want to just share for a minute about how, you know, sometimes if we're not willing to see something, a condition, and, you know, mine was the need to rescue. 
if we're not wanting to see something, then the transformation is going to have to be painful, you know, because it's going to take a bit of suffering for us for us to surrender finally and give up and say, oh, okay, yeah, right, even that I've got to let go of. And so, you know, I did. I had to have pretty damn bad back pain for me to be willing to let go of this little lab, you know, and to let go of that condition of wanting to make everything better, you know. So, and that will be the same for all of you, I want to know. And I guess it was the same for me, you know, leaving general practice 12 years ago. It took very severe insomnia for a long time for me to finally leave and realise it just wasn't me. I was trying to be someone that wasn't authentic, that wasn't me anymore. And to trust spirit, you know. So so if we are holding on to conditions with real uh, clinging, then the transformation of those conditions is going to take a bit of suffering and a bit of pain. (laughs) So I guess the clue is work on, and, you know, I've got to say mostly I think I've been pretty good at over the last few years because there hasn't had to be really much suffering for me over the last period of time, you know, in order for me to see what I need to let go of. But it's just a reminder, you know, surrender. And surrender to what really is the spirit, God's will for us. And because the truth is God's will is the will of our higher self. It's all one essence. God's will for us is our authentic will for us too. There's no difference in it. What the head wants us to do is not serving us or anyone else. So I think I've probably said everything I need to say now and I hope that that is beneficial for you all because I, I, you know, I see so many clients caught in either that condition of wanting to make things better for others or plenty of other conditions and So I hope this is a reminder of how we can transform our conditions and just let them go and how that is going to turn out better for all parties, even though it may not appear to be that way on the surface. So just a reminder again, you can look me, I do counselling, psychotherapy, spirituality workshops eventually when I get around to them, this podcast Um, So please share this podcast with friends, family, workmates, whoever you think might be interested. And my website is livingawarenesswa.com and my Facebook page, uh, YouTube channel and Instagram page, all that the same, livingawarenesswa. And I also highly recommend Isaira or Auntie Jinta and her website is isaira.com. Much love to you all.